Hello, good day, and welcome to Two Dudes Talk Tattoos, a podcast about tattooing and all things adjacent to tattooing. So awesome, it'll blow the pants right off your rear end. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Othis. You can find me online at bettertattooing.com, the Better Tattooing YouTube channel, or on Instagram at R-I-A-N underscore O-T-H-U-S. My co-host will be missing from this episode this week is Brian Matthew. That's Matthew with one T. You can find him online at Scarlet Veil Tattoo in Corvallis, Oregon, at the Tailored Fit Tattoo Gallery in Rogers, Arkansas, or check out his Instagram and Facebook, Brian Matthew Illustrations or Brian Matthew Tattoos. This week, we're talking with Anthony Weichelis. A really, really awesome dude, educator, one of the world's best oil painters. He deals mostly in the Trompe L'Oil side of artwork, where you are trying to create the illusion of little things kind of all stuck together that, you know, it looks so real, you feel like you can touch it. But if you see one of his paintings, don't touch it, people. Just just leave it be and admire it for the fact that this absolutely amazing artist was able to do something like that. And now a word from our sponsors this week. Yeehaw. Ink Master returns with an all-new season on its new home, Paramount+. Plus. On September 7th, host Joel Madden is joined by judges Nico Hurtado, Ami James, and Ryan Ashley, and guest star Dave Navarro as the Master of Chaos. Watch legendary artists go head-to-head for $250,000 and the champion title. The new season of Ink Master is streaming September 7th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free all right now that's over with oh my gosh i just did what i do on my youtube channel anyways brian's not gonna be with us today and that's that sucked of course because i know that he was actually looking forward to hanging out with mr anthony and, and asking questions about art but because brian wasn't here i did what i normally do i stayed away from art i wanted to talk more about philosophy i wanted to talk about education i wanted to talk about online trolls and logical arguments Really, really had a good time with Mr. Anthony. I'd love to have some more talks with him in the future, and I think we're actually going to be setting something like that up. So we're going to be getting that in a second. Just an update. Uh, Dr. John Swirk, you may remember him from a few shows ago. It looks like he's been starting to publish and release some of his findings regarding the safety and efficacy of tattoo pigments. And it's kind of crazy, some of the things that he's been finding. I'm glad that he finally got the chance to release some stuff and get a couple nods from... Some pretty prestigious academic places. If you want to know more, I am going to be posting a link to the article that I read, which I believe may have the link to his research as well. If not, you can always head over to his website, whatsinmyink.com, and take a peek yourself. So if you are using a pigment brand right now and you are in the tattoo world, you can be sure that you don't actually know what's in your bottle. So if you want to help out, go to the... Dr. John's website. Send just tell him that we sent you, you know. If you can help, do your best. Alright, and now everyone's favorite part of the show. It's time for homework. And I know last week I told everyone just not to piddle on the ground, which I hope that you did it, and I hope it felt good that you didn't make a mess of things. I can tell you my children didn't. We had a couple more accidents, and that's okay, because we're working towards dry carpet, because there's nothing like waking up in the morning and seeing that somebody is coming taking a pee next to your side of the bed as a joke anyways on this week we've got some real homework i want everyone out there if you can just five minutes a day put down your phone just put it down if you're a tattooer out there instead of 
going on break and hopping on your phone and scrolling through all of your social medias trying to see what's hip and what's cool, why don't you go ahead and just purchase a small drawing pad that you can keep in your pocket. And every time you get up to go out and do something, just draw for five minutes. Just a quick sketch. We're always behind on everything that we have to do when we're tattooers. So just, just try it. If you're in college, instead of taking a book and studying and doing something else, find something that's just going to relax you. But don't bury your, yourself into your cell phone or onto your computer. Just take a break. Go talk to another person in class. Go do something else. I know it's going to be weird for some of the younger people who have extreme societal anxiety <laughs> which maybe that's something to work on maybe that'd be fun maybe you could meet some new people meet some new friends maybe you're just going to find someone who's just an absolute prick that you want to avoid whatever it is let's see if we can put down our cell phones for just a little bit and hey if any of you want to take part in the experiment that we're trying to do today we'd love to hear your feedback it's two dudes talk tattoos at gmail.com the number two is not in there it's two dudes talk tattoos at gmail.com put your phone in black and white mode everyone Turn off the color. Just black and white, no color. See how long you can do it. I have been using black and white on and off for about two years. And if I sit there and do it and I'm cognizant of it, I will leave my phone on black and white for months on end. I have had a few people attempt to do this and they have not lasted more than 20 minutes. So let's see what you can do. Not only take some time to yourself, not on your phone. If you can't do that, if you just can't stop doom scrolling Instagram, Put it in black and white and see how it feels. Hey, while you're at it, try to find your favorite app when it's in black and white. That'll blow your mind. Anyways, let's go to the show. This is me, without Brian, talking to Anthony Weichelis. I had to start the show, so thank you. Yeah, I want to remember it. Okay, so yes, sorry. No, I it's just I, I think that there there is a lot of myth that swirls around uh, creativity, and a lot of times people will push off the concepts that there could be objective analysis of this and a objective of analysis of that in the arts in general. It becomes a very very difficult. Um, conversation to navigate when someone brings up like an objective statement uh, or an objective uh, a claim that that appears to be excuse me you know uh, containing uh some some objective judgment or you know an objective assignment or an objective assignment of meaning or an an objective and uh, you know everybody loves that that label of good bad well what's better well this is best yeah and these words are so problematic but yeah you know we we can make a lot of objective assessments about different creative acts all that all you know once people say well everything's all subjective well well no it's not it's not Nietzschean (laughs) and it's it's you know it's like it's like a game of chess right so if if you and I are going to engage in a game of chess the rules of chess are inherently subjective Mm-hmm. They they are the you know the, the the basic rules are subjective. You and I can make those rules whatever we want. We could follow the rules as they are. We could tweak them, and uh-huh. as long as you and I agree on them, they're the rules. And yeah. so that's that's a subjective foundation. Yeah. You know, just like someone might say, a, a, a piece of art. 
it, you know, may have subjective rules to it determined by the artist at the yeah. onset of the endeavor. But once you and I agree on what those rules are, and we both agree, this is the goal of that. This is the goal of this exercise. This is the goal of this activity. You and I could look at any given move that either of us make, and we could objectively analyze it based on those subjective rules. Yeah. You know, so you could say this, this move is better than this move in terms of effectiveness, efficiency, you know, however, however you want to look at it, whatever, whatever, whatever type of rubric or criteria you want to use. Yeah. But the rules of chess are still subjective. Subjective. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, uh, you know, just because that there's subjective rules laid out for, you know, an, an, an artistic endeavor, a creative endeavor. Yeah. Okay. Once those rules are known, once the goal, or in, in the case of, of a piece of artwork, the, the intention, mm. you know, is clearly defined, you know, can be articulated in some way. Well, now you could start to make objective assessments about, yeah. you know, different components uh, that are deployed in that, in that artwork, or, you know, whether or not it was, uh even overall successful you know yeah. you could say well this painting is better than this painting this tattoo yeah is better than that tattoo you could say that if there are subjective rules in place that are understood between the parties of you know having this a uh, discussion or something like that yeah but when someone says oh well this tattoo is better than that one well, wh why is that? Well, I just like it. <laughs> well, that's well, that's that's useless. You know, yeah. that's 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 a, unless you were trying to you know find a tattoo that was appealing to the individual that made that statement. Uh, that was the intention, but otherwise, that's that negotiation that happens during that conversation, right? This is when you're discussing what is going to be on that rule book, right? Like those limitations. I always thought that rules are just limitations being applied to a subject matter, right? Like as soon well, as you rules... all agree on those, right? Then you can rules, move forward and start judging shit. <laughs> <laughs> rules, rules. To, the way I understand a rule, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whether you know you're you're painting or you're tattooing or you're drawing or any type of visual communication that might fall under the heading of uh, you know an artistic endeavor. You know, the rules are conventions. They're the conventions that define yeah. what that activity is. Yeah, I don't like. You could say when somebody says, "Oh, well, they're limitations." You know, like when you, there are limitations, you, that's, that's, that statement is not false. It's, it's a limitation in regard to a convention that's defining the, the parameters of that activity. Yeah. I like but that. When some people look on at, language, yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, when some to. people look at, uh, when some people look at rules, they hear mm. the word rules and then it's, there's the, the, the concept of a limitation, uh, you know, connected to that, mm. they think, oh, well, that's something I'm supposed to go beyond. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's where people start getting really tripped up. Like the rules are telling you, okay, this is, th this is the, the, you know, what the parameters of this activity are like for me to be painting, you know, what's absolutely necessary is paint. Yeah. You know, if I don't have paint, I haven't gone beyond the rule of that requirement. <laughs> you know, some yeah, people will make you. that argument. You know, I've heard no of, shit. you know, people oh. will say, Hey, you know, this person, uh, so-and-so there was some, Oh, who was the actor? There was some actor that was, uh, I think it was James Franco was, uh, 
kind of taking the lead on this project of an, an imaginary gallery or an mm. imaginary show. And you walked into the room, this space, and there was nothing on the walls, but you could, you, you, you know, you, you would, you, you could experience this show. It's kind of like, you yeah. know, John Cage's, uh, what's that name of that? Four minutes, 22 seconds. It's supposed to be this really, you know, avant-garde conceptual piece of music, but it's four minutes and 22, and 22 seconds, seconds of silence. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, has he gone beyond the rules? Mm. Because now to me, if someone heard that, yeah. I don't think they would recognize that as music. You know, you could say it's music by some definition, but I would I would be quick to to retort and say, well, that's not music by the definition that I know most people, you know, use that you in the way they're using that term to describe, you know, what yeah. they're using that term to describe. That's not it. Yeah. You know, I like this. This is this is a fun thought process. It's like, you know, like making the claim that humans can't fly is a subjective argument because the person who's jumping off the building sure can fly for a few seconds while the person on the ground is only going to see the splat, you know? Yeah. One is proof, one is false. <laughs> I like well, that. Uh, because it's like the it? bridge Arthur, Arthur Dent versus not, right? That's Arthur uh, Dent in the Hitchhiker's Guide in uh, the, mm. the series, in the one book, he gives the secret to flying uh, for humans and it's just you throw yourself at the ground and miss. <laughs> and uh, i'm a big i'm a big douglas adams fan so a lot of, oh, a lot of his um that's great that's yeah, great a, a lot of his his writing uh really resonates with oh. me and has stuck with me since i was uh, very young so oh so they, it seems like you've studied a lot of like philosophy i guess or at least maybe like independently like started um, to think about or process it from like Maybe not through yeah, academia, I, of course. Yeah, and it, it's it's not that I was even that much in. I mean, I took philosophy courses in college, but you know, I really didn't get into a lot of um, like philosophy, uh, logic, formal, informal logic, uh, critical. You know, just a, a lot of different aspects of critical thinking, and I really, I really didn't dig my heels deep into that that dirt until I realized that there was a lot of art nonsense that was being circulated in a lot of art education. There was a lot of uh, nonsensical claims, unsupported claims, um, yeah, just, just bald assertions that had zero support uh, or, or very little I, you know, tattooing I, oh yeah, my I gosh can't say <laughs> and, and this this is where i have to watch my language i can't say there's no evidence for some of these things there's yeah. very poor evidence because yeah. you know you could say uh you know a lot of people will claim well so and so uh had, had used this in in this manner or had done this in this manner and this was their result and some people you know if, if you really wanted to adhere to you know, some, some strict rules of analysis, you could say, well, you know, there, that's like an anecdotal claim. You can oh, absolutely, you know, yeah, and, absolutely. And that, <laughs> but anecdote tends to be really, really poor evidence. Oh yeah. You know, really, really yeah. poor evidence. So it's a rhetorical um, I, statement with no science behind it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think that, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sure this is rampant in uh, a lot of, different disciplines and fields where you know there's the, 
though there's a whole host of of issues that <laughs> I think could lead to a certain field having having that. I mean, I'm just thinking to myself that that's an enormous list. But you know, especially in, in a lot of in a lot of the uh, uh, creative in a lot of the creative endeavors where there could be these different subjective and unfortunately sometimes malleable foundations. Yeah. And then that's where we find that a lot of the seeds planted in that malleable ground are kind of nonsense. And then things just start to run rampant from there. And in a lot of fields where people are using a lot of heuristics, like kind of cognitive shortcuts, yes. uh, which is they're super helpful because your working memory isn't huge. So you can no. only focus on so <laughs> many things when you're involved in complex activity so we use a lot of heuristics and shortcuts so we could perform these really, really complex tasks. The problem is people take these heuristics and they don't realize that it might be a shortcut for something. Yeah. And oh, they God, build yeah. on those heuristics as though the heuristic is the science itself. Yeah, and that's is totally the, is the supported yeah. claim itself. And that's that's what I mean by there's a lot of seeds kind of planted into a malleable yeah. ground yeah. that then grow up a lot more nonsense. Yeah. And then when I started realizing that there was a lot of weeds like that in art education, when I was coming up through college and then art school, I started really looking to what tools do I have at my disposal that I could really evaluate some of these, some of these claims, some of yeah. this, you know, dogma yeah. that was really being, uh, that's a good word. I like know, that. Yeah through different aspects of art education. And when you start to use these tools of analysis of, you know, rational thinking, you know, critical analysis, you find that uh, 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 there, there's, there's no, there's no support for this. There's really, there's really, really bad support for this. Why are people doing it? You know, yeah. why are a lot of people doing this? And, you know, there's, there's a, there's myriad reasons why people do uh, this and that, but, that's that's where a lot of my focus has been in the past like 20 odd years is looking at making art education inherently more reliable, you know, uh, more consistent. That's literally what I have been doing myself. Absolutely. It's it's, it's incredibly yeah. encouraging to hear that more people in adjacent fields uh, are are taking this same approach because what you're going to do is you're going to create a better generation of artists that I'm using better in that regard. <laughs> okay. And remember how I just said before, yeah. using better, but you know, these can be problematic terms, but I will define how I'm using that. I'm using better as in future artists will have to rely less on happy accidents, chance yeah, that Dude, having something is, work out yeah you know and, oh it's it's because it, if you don't have the foundational knowledge or at least something to build off of you won't understand how that hack, happy accident occurred how to replicate it and then yep. it gets lost in the fucking yep. ether it is so aggravating with that and then i always find people who are able to replicate it without being able to explain it it becomes a trade secret yep. because yeah then you're being confronted with like how why the questions you don't have either the confidence or knowledge in how to do it and then you're locked in and yeah. then you don't do it. You can't maybe explore it. You can't do this. And ego comes into play and everything falls apart. And that's yeah. that's literally like I'm imagining you've been doing this for 20 years. I've been really pushing this hard for about five, about 10 years yeah. until I've been in it. Um, the the pushback initially has been, and when you said dogma, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Dogmatic yeah. application of like things. It has been so extreme in some cases. Like I've had cease and desist letters 
from people when we started to like <laughs> investigate things like legal actions taken threats you know what i mean like yeah it's wild because it's just like so, well, you know i have i have a folder i have a folder somewhere uh on my computer uh that has a file you know just like a a word file a document that has a lot of the best comments and again i'm using best as in <laughs> to describe most outlandish that yeah, I, i've got air quotes around that one yeah, that's great <laughs> i've gotten uh, from some people my favorite i think my favorite to, to date was that someone just said why don't you go join isis <laughs> And, you know, I, I was like, uh, you know, where where does the conversation go productively from there? It's you know, gone. you've lost oh, it. Okay. Yeah, it's in the water. The fish is off the hook. You're gone. Yeah. All right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. How many times but, do you get people asking you about your credentials? That's been happening to me a ton um, lately. They're like, well, how do you know this? Like, you're saying something that's different than literally everyone else. Like, what are your credentials? You know, How do you know that? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that. And I don't know. You, you might. You might educate me here that in the tattoo world, mm. this is this is very different. In, in 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 the art world, it there tends to be less of a uh, people looking. People aren't looking so much for alphabet soup in the realm of where did you go to school? How many letters do you have strung mm -hmm. after your name? I mean, if someone was interested in my education, I'd be I'd be happy to present that uh, to them. But uh, I I think a lot of people when they are when they are wondering how they are going to evaluate what you're saying right off the bat, I think I don't know you know I don't, you could determine whether you think this is a good thing or a bad thing. And again, using those terms very loosely, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it look people first of all look at your work. So yeah, you subjective know, meritocracy. Absolutely. That's where my know, brain on they, that's they, first. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna say, you know, this person, you know, they're they're not gonna say to me, well, where did you go to college? What classes did no. you take? What did you so, major? Am in? I better than you, in my yeah. opinion? Yeah. 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 Um and you know, I, I worked really hard to have a level of demonstrable virtuosity in what i do so <laughs> that's so that's a great way of saying that yeah so oh, it's, that's it's, fantastic it's like yeah but i'm very clear ryan here here's here's where a lot of people get surprised mm. and but i will actually interject i will interject on behalf of the person that i might be debating with and i'll say just because my artwork looks the way it does yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that claim a i am making is true yeah you know that now it there may be it depends on the nature of the claim of course what i what i'm but what my experience is what my skill level is you know for example if i could just give you a quick example here oh, i yeah. had uh one one artist that jumped into a conversation i was having about uh vision being veridical like do we see do we see yes. the world the way it is the, 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 answer is, <laughs> well, the, the answer is no that's like that's some yeah that's some 101 level stuff yeah i yeah, like that yeah, yeah yeah we we were we were yeah as i remember the as i remember the conversation we were uh, talking about this and then it either it was either originally focused on the nature of color or it had become about color but anyway 
One of the examples or one of the ideas that was put forward in this conversation is the fact, and I say fact, I can't get any closer to the mic, the fact. Fact, yeah. <laughs> uh, the fact that color is not an environmental property. No. It's, it's, it's something that you know, colloquially is in your mind. It's a biological response. Oh, yeah, to an external you know, stimuli. It's, it's a, it's a yep. first person view of a neurochemical response to an environmental energy. It's something that happens in your mind. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. And this artist uh, who was a skilled artist, this, this was a skilled person. Uh, and I remember this skilled person probably said and i will say this unabashedly here uh without without any Names. probably appropriate filter yeah uh this artist said a, a really dumb thing <laughs> and oh right on don't hold back we love that on this yeah, show this great. And yeah. this, this artist had said well color is a property of the environment and i know this Oh. Because my camera could capture it. What the baby Jesus is that? What the sweet baby oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. And <laughs> it was one of those situations That's where... That's recoil where you just go, pardon? <laughs> yeah, like I really, I kind of stopped and I thought, I did think for a second, I'm like, okay, this is, this person's trolling. He's not serious. It's like when you run into like a flat earth, yeah. like they're, they're not serious. Yeah. You know? Um, but <laughs> just like some earthers. flat earthers yeah. are, you know, they're really into that concept. This, this guy thought like that was the bombshell. Boom. <laughs> you know, like it, he could have had that written on a card oh. and then slapped that on a table. And he thought that that was just going to reverberate through the ages. Yeah. And it was probably one of the single dumbest things I have ever heard. <laughs> And oh. so I, I I wanted to start explaining, well, you know, we could, I could walk you through how, you know, a camera, you know, uses certain type Let's of talk tech. Uh, yeah. You know, I, we, we could talk about the tech, how, what a camera is doing and yeah. uh, why, uh, you know, there's what he, his, his position there and the evidence he put forward, I might describe that as. Well, and, well, this person in general, everything he was saying in this conversation was fractally wrong. Yeah. You know, do you know what yeah. fractally wrong is? It means that every aspect of his argument was as wrong as his entire perspective on the issue. All of that was completely equal. It was That's such a just, great explanation. Yeah, I it love was. That. Yeah. It, he, it was it was fractal stupidity. And. I, I really, I, I really remember that. That's one that stood out. Like, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow, I get that. It's like all of a sudden they pulled out their, their the core tenet of their web of beliefs, right? Like the Socratic, like foundational aspect of how they built the vast majority of their understanding of that everything moving forward, and they presented it to you, and it was, you know, well, and it's you know, if if you present <laughs> information uh, yeah. to someone that that might challenge a preconceived notion sometimes you know people people you know there again there could be an array of responses people have there but if if you wanted to put it into some type of you know character into this binary uh you know you know the the, the, the you know this binary output of you know you, you have people on like two ends of this spectrum yeah. you know 
uh, that, that's a better way. We'll look at like the, the two ends of this spectrum. And some people might actually be like, huh, that's really interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you'll have these people that will engage in these wild mental gymnastics, <laughs> defend an idea that yeah. is not, that may not only be like a poorly formed idea, but its support is laughably bad. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Laughably bad. And the more that you try to simplify an explanation, and this is something I am sure. I would guarantee this, that you've experienced this, but the more simple you try to make the explanation so as for an individual to really catch what you're saying, yep. you start to sound more and more condescending, which turns the person off more and more. And more. more. Yeah. You know, yeah. like trying to extend an olive branch and they're just, yeah. And, but yeah. so often, and this, you know, I'm willing to accept this, this is a flaw in my my communication skills me when, when i try to make something simple a lot of people interpret it as just inherently condescending and they like just kind of shut off like they're like <laughs> you're being you, i don't know what i could say on this podcast but like you're being an asshole you know i don't you know i don't want to deal with you blocked you know you're yeah. you know that's it yeah and it's, it's it's like okay i didn't you know i i will try I kind of have a rule where I won't jump into someone's conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if I, you know, cause I see a lot of conversations going on online about, you know, in the, in the field of the things that I do and they'll be, you know, throwing back and uh, they'll be back and forth a lot of just, just bad ideas. And I, yeah. I so bad. I want to jump in, but I'm like, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to ruin someone's party, but if someone mentions that. my, someone tags me in that then, conversation. Then you fucking go. Yeah. It's an uh, open it's, invitation. You're a you're fucking it's, vampire. Dude, it's like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's, it's like a wrestling match. Yep. You tag me in. Now it's on. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know? I a hundred percent noticed that. And I've actually been noticing more and more over the past year, I started to maybe withdraw a bit more because one, I noticed that I'm making the same comments over and over and over again. And it's like you're, I don't, at times I almost feel like I'm not heard or maybe it's just that the, the sea of, and I, we'll just do air quotes around the stupidity seems to have been so pervasive that combating it almost feels like you're, you're, you're swimming up against a riptide trying to get out of it, you know, but as time has passed, I've actually been trying just to like take more time to craft more reasonable responses, which as that's been happening, and I don't know if this has happened yeah, to you as well. Yeah, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. <laughs> I end up finding myself slowly being pushed out of the conversations and people will continue as if I haven't said anything now. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's as if I'm not there. I'll, I'll take the time to craft. And I'm I'm laborious with how I, I spend time citing, referencing, putting down things, giving articles, doing, you know, I'll go through everything. Like, this is why this is considered true at this time. And people will go right around it face to face I, 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 um, at, at conventions speaking to them. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in a group of 50 people and be like, well, blah, 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 blah. And I've had an entire group of people literally turn their backs on me and start oh, yeah. to walk away. I'm yeah. just like, all right, well, I'll go good over here. <laughs> good talk. Good talk. Yeah. Well, I, listen, I, I prepared uh, a, uh, uh, and I, actually, I, I, no, let me, let me walk that back. Mm -hmm. I found a great handout that I've put aside and speaking of coming across as condescending would probably 
really come across as condescending. But it's it's kind of a handout that I will drop into a conversation anymore that just says, this is how you hold a rational discussion. <laughs> you oh, know? my God. <laughs> Dude, so I can understand and, where you're coming with that, yeah, but I can see that it's being set so up, condescending. That's but so it's great. set up like you know, it's set up like <laughs> a flow chart. You know, have I have I done this? Have I committed this? It, you know, if not, proceed with the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta have a Six Sigma certification to understand where this. Yeah. Is. That's fucking it's just, great. It's because the, <laughs> what one of the most frustrating things for me is oh when people start. <laughs> um uh uh what's what's that called a uh a gish gal i think it's called a gish gal and it's when uh people will either you know throw a whole bunch a, a big conflation of information at you and it's so conflated and problematic like it's it's a whole bunch of uh, assertions and claims all tied together and it, you know the the, oh, the, yes. the frustration the you have movement. in untangling it yeah. makes it look like your position's weaker. Or a uh, gish gallop, uh, uh, if I'm remembering it correctly, and sometimes I, I confuse some of my informal fallacies. But it's also like when people, let's say, you make a claim, and I'm like, well, that's not true because X and Y, and you're like, well, blah blah blah, and then you go on to another claim without even addressing saying it, yeah that that's wrong yeah you just go on to something else yeah and i i really piss people off because i hold their feet to the fire i'm like i am not addressing any anything further points. else right here right here <laughs> you either acknowledge that the the claim uh, you just made was wrong or the you know the position had a fatal error yeah. or i'm not continuing because your your refusal to address that to address that issue, yeah, to acknowledge that aspect of the conversation means you either you are not capable of engaging in this conversation. You know, you're not you're not you're not prepared for this. You're not no, equipped totally. to do this, or you want to engage in dishonest discourse that I'm not interested in. That's that's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's yeah. great. Yeah, have you ever heard of Christopher Hitchens? Have you ever heard of him? Oh yeah, before? absolutely. Yeah, the Hitch was great with his debates and stuff. You know, going up and you know speaking against Mother Teresa's uh, canonization. Oh athlete. yeah, that was. He's I think brilliant. I think, um, Same thing, right? When not they go. This up. When they go through the uh, canonization uh, process in in the Catholic Church, and th this is I I it, I'm trying to remember one of the times I heard uh, Christopher Hitchens um, mm -hmm. promote that require the idea. devil's advocate. Yeah, he, he, you had to play devil's advocate. And I, I yeah. was it Lenin? What was it? Was that the guy's name? He went up against because uh, there was kind of like yeah a, a big debate where he plays devil's advocate and i can't remember i think yeah I'm, I'm glad that we got the fucking google here yeah i can't remember <laughs> i lennox i think it was Le lennox. oh yeah, yeah 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 that actually sounds right lennox not yeah. lennon lennox yeah and uh yeah it, you know i the guy that was really responsible for the the on art academies project that i work with now uh the the, the founder tim reynolds uh he was actually friends with christopher hitchin oh fuck right yeah, John Lennox. Yep, you're right. 
<laughs> yeah, that's rad. Yeah, the hitch uh, was yeah brilliant, man. Listen to him speak. I always wish that I had the eloquence to be able to speak. And every once in a while, if I'm trying to do like a debate with somebody, I'll, I'll automatically switch to a British accent. It's a little bit mild to try and pull some of the more eloquent words yeah. out of my mouth. Right in my yeah. head, it turns into that, even though it's like. You know, West Coast, East Coast. I spent a lot of time on the. I love the East Coast of the United States, so I kind of got that attitude, and I've got to try to polish it through that. Is that where you? Is that where you guys are? Uh, you guys are from? Are you guys from the West Coast? <clears throat> yeah, I'm in the. I'm in Portland, uh, Oregon. Oh, wow. Uh, um, Brian's from Chicago, but he lives in Arkansas right now. So where's Brian at? I've I've texted him. He's like, oh fuck, I did. He's been so he's been on his tablet doing some illustrations like 12 to 16 hours a day, three days straight, he has fallen into the fucking twilight zone. But is it, <laughs> is it for a specific project or is it just like a creative he's, inspiration that hit him? No, that he's, he's, doing? he's trying to, so we're going to be going and doing some conventions. So he's trying to get together enough prints, these, these types of prints. And he had a cool idea with him. He's going with like this manga, like Supergirl type of, you know, yeah. creations and stuff. He's trying to come up with a, a series of them, all Halloween themed for the, before halloween convention to just stack the table i never come with any of that stuff i take like two prints that i got and i I print out a bunch of stickers and i dump them on the ground and i say have at it have fun but he's like ordered meticulous you know stands which is odd because that sounds like the complete opposite of the roles you described for your participation in this podcast oh absolutely absolutely that's interesting how there's like a that, that that whole dynamic inverts yeah uh, yeah pretty cool he identifies like he is an artist like 100 he is an artist he identifies an artist his tattoos that he do that he that he accomplishes can be considered a, a type of art illustration or otherwise right absolutely 100 type of art so my approach to tattooing and art is specifically trying to remove bias so i can create artwork as if i'm the person requesting it in their way okay. So I'm trying to, instead of put my process forward and my interpretation of what the world is is through my senses, I'm trying to understand through, I have a really complex process to do all this stuff. I'll come up with like a psychological and aesthetic profile that will guide like the initial concept for how the artwork's going to be. And then the tools that we're going to use are funneled through their genetic health and lifestyle profiles that we like collect in the initial two to three hours that we end up talking and then we'll utilize that and then we apply it to the medium before we even start the artwork so we'll do dry runs map ups and stuff on the part of the body with the design and shapes blocks or other things so we can understand viewability uh interaction with the environment try to understand aging based on their specific body as well and through their different biological processes that we identify then we do the artwork then we do the tattoo and everything is collaborative so when I'm doing this, I'm doing it with the person the whole time. Well, let, let me ask you a question. Uh, yep. With a process like that, I know um, that uh, I've I've had the very good fortune to have a number of tattoo artists study with me. You yep. know, and uh, you know, one one that, that that comes to mind right away, Dan Christian, who's now uh, he I, is our tremendous tremendous, tremendous artist, artist. You know, yeah. both uh, tattooing and. Uh, <laughs> You know, his artwork, uh, drafting, uh, he's an incredible draftsman, he's a brilliant painter, and he's turned out to be a wonderful teacher, and he heads up our Ani Art Academy's Thailand. He is our Thailand instructor. I think I seen the profile on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's tremendous in the classroom, he's tremendous, you know, with, uh, 
you know, the tattoo equipment in his hand, he's tremendous with a palette and a brush in his hand. You know, yeah. he's just he's a tremendous all around uh, artist and professional. And, you know, I but when I see a tattoo, you know, because I know a lot of the things Dan would do if someone, you know, Dan would post a lot of pictures of tattoos he had done. I, you know, not so much now that he's he's, you know, his his, you know, creative avenues have diversified more. <laughs> yeah. It's It's expanded a bit. So, but when he was posting a lot of tattoos, when he was tattooing a lot, I would recognize a Dan Christian tattoo right away. Yes. Would you say with your process, with what you're doing now, where you are so malleable with the uh, uh, aesthetic qualities, and again, I'm I'm doing this side on scene by your description, but with such a malleable range of aesthetic quality that you're trying to uh, explore or manifest and all these other factors that are being custom tuned to an individual. Do you feel that your personal brand is sacrificed for the greater good of that process? Oh, yeah, brand. No, nah, I don't care about that. I, I threw that away a long time ago. It's not about. It's not so. Like if I when I do artwork for me, there's a very specific tone shape. I I I had spent decades kind of pulling things apart and trying to understand why I do what I do before I started to really apply it in in a way that felt natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not correlative between my experience with tattooing. Like tattooing, it would be like asking a plumber if they identify with the brand of toilet that they're installing. In essence, for like better, lack of a better yeah. phrasing, right? If I'm going to be a roofer, I know some right? plumbers that might. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Japanese singing toilet. Yeah. This thing's sick as fuck, you know. Yeah. No, but mo- most of my stuff, like I can't say that I can't fully remove myself from that piece because sometimes. Yeah you're forced to interject your own personality into this thing to take a little bit of control, especially if the person has specific holdups or hangups, right? If there's insecurities, anxieties, if they're unsure about things, maybe we didn't go over something enough, something like this, or maybe they're just, they don't want to commit that to their body and possibly make a mistake. They need a little handholding. I can add myself into it, but for the most part, what we're seeing, and we could ask Brian about some of the fucking wild tattoos I've done the past year, is literally what these people have come up with. Okay, those yeah. tattoos. Yeah. If there was a gallery of tattoos, would how confident would you feel? I know you don't care about it, yeah. but just as as they've manifested of that gallery, let's say Yeah, I got where you're going with this. Tattoos you did this year. Yeah. Mixed up with other tattoos that other, you know, tattoo artists have done. Would someone, your average lay person, be able to pick out your 10 tattoos? I don't think so. What about someone you knew? Let's say Brian. If you didn't show him to Brian, would Brian be able to pick out that's a Ryan? I, I think, depending on the subject matter, that's 50-50. Yeah. Huh. My that's goal is... Super, to... I, I find yeah. that super interesting. It's <laughs> It's so interesting to me, personally, because I'm so used to... You know, talking uh, uh, with artists about ways that they could increase 
let's say the um, their presence yep. in what they're making. So there's this unified branding that okay, oh that's you know that's a so and so that painted this or that's a yep. so and so that like they're always looking for ways. How could I increase that? So oh yeah, my brand is carried. That's Brian. Everything that comes out of the studio. That's Brian. It's so 100%. fascinating. Yeah, to hear someone that is engaged in a process that's trying to give an experience to a client slash collaborator at the way you're looking at it in a way that they're willing to give up that type of branding push in yep. their own work to manifest something that the client is just going to be happy with on a long-term level. It's just, it's a really interesting perspective that nice. I don't encounter all that much. Well, right on. Yeah. That that's literally been the goal. Yeah. Um, like if you look at Brian's work, Brian's work is identifiable to a T in a minute. If you see it, you know, it's yeah. Enough. Yeah. Globally. I could put his stuff up with anyone else in the world. You could put up a million pictures in one of his. I would find it. I would know it off the hop. Awesome. 100%. Awesome. Um, but I think that, so I, I, in my first decade of doing tattoos, because I was always like a pretty analytical person, I was trying to learn as much as possible. So I traveled. As soon as I had my apprenticeship, I considered myself a journey person, right? The journey. I traveled. So, I spent for the, 10 for years. The people, for the people listening, <laughs> there's so many air quotes that just happened. <laughs> So many air quotes. Yeah. I traveled all over North America trying to have, trying to spread what I had learned in exchange for new information, like take the literal approach to being a journey person, right? I wanted to learn the new tricks, the trade of, of like how to apply this or how to do this and how to learn the mediums and spaces that I didn't know. And I fell into an artistic like spot where my voice through my work started to come out and it was extremely confusing to me. Because it felt as if when we go with like identity and ownership, who owns the artwork that becomes this person? And that was like a, a lingering thought in the back of my mind, right? I don't own this person's skin once I've marked it. They do. And so this was like five years after my initial training, which was disappointing at best, uh, trying to lay through North America. I started to go, okay, well, how can I how can I just not do that? Because I didn't feel good every time I posted. I'm like, I did this. I take a picture of a tattoo without the person standing there. And it was like, we were calling no. them canvases. It was dehumanizing. Like, there was no aspect of the no, person. I get it. Yeah, through, I, right? I totally get it. So just spun it. And now most people call me crazy, which is fun. Um, but the, the process that we do is so much more in depth. And it's all about educating the clients. Like I, I still try to educate and I do educate tattooers, you know, across the globe, which is fun. But the clients seem to be more thirsty for knowledge and they're yeah. more ready to overcome the dogma. Like you said before, I love that word. That should be the word of the day. Ding. Um, I'll put in the DJ sound for the thing here. Um, but that that always seemed to be better. And, and my hope was initially to, to influence change externally by applying pressure there and forcing it inside. Yeah. Because I, it, it's one voice. And in tattooing, meritocracy is, is key. If, if you hold your work up to someone else, even if you know more, even if you can apply more, even if you can do more styles, even if you can tattoo more clients, even if you charge more, you do whatever, that doesn't matter because your following matters, your brand recognition matters, and what everyone else thinks about you matters. Not the other artists, but the clients. Huh. Just kind of took it, right? It's a bit of a manipulation on my part to try and set myself apart, which I guess could be considered my style now. It's interesting, but right? that's the like really interesting part is the the obvious the obvious type of branding that people would like it would want to be something that's seen yeah uh it, it would be something that would be inherently 
uh, yeah. something that could be elicited from the visual yeah. experience of the product. Oh yeah. But you're no. doing it where it's not that, but your brand. So I, I shouldn't really say that you're, you're sacrificing a, a, a brand. No, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I but the mode yeah. of that branding yeah. yours is not inherent it's in the final product. It's in the experience that exactly. the client has. Um, that it's, yep. it's just, it's really, really interesting. And cool. yeah, no, speaking of when you were, when you were talking about ownership, I remember seeing, um, not long ago, uh, the, the famous, uh, tattoo artist, uh, that Kat Von Kat D, Von D she's getting sued again. Yeah. We're actually doing a story about that right now. So yeah, that that's, that's another thing that this is all kind of like flowed together. Is, is the this the, the Miles years. Davis image? Yes. So yeah. this, this sparked the initial inquiry. So I, I work as also like a journalist and a science writer on the yeah. side and I'm a researcher. I, I do a bunch of weird shit, which is why I'd never have a fucking life. Um, yeah, but, you and me both. <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> But it came down to the idea of trying to identify this ownership of an image, right? And my stance has always been as soon as I put this image onto somebody, even if I've created the design, it's no longer mine because it becomes a part of them. And so when I seen this, I started to make a list about all of the different situations in which someone would get a tattoo and someone could claim ownership over it. And it went straight to human trafficking. So one of the stories wow. that we're working on right now is to identify these brands, as they called it. And I had worked for... A couple of years at a shop where we actually would exclusively try to help people who are victims of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation oh my to like God. cover and rework and like figure out this stuff. And when I was doing it then, I, I didn't know as much as I did now. And I maybe I didn't have as much empathy. And I was just coming off of that being an artist and I'll air quote around that too, vibe, right? So where, many air quotes. So, so many. many air quotes. That's like that should be the show. Is air quotes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many. It's uh when I would do it, I wouldn't try to get too engaged, but I did have one, one person that I had tattooed that I spent a close to maybe 15 or 20 hours with over a period of like nine months. Mm. And they will use, you know, uh, non, non-gendered things to make sure I'm uh, concealing anonymity on this as well. Um, they helped me really understand some things about this. And so, and when we think about that with, with tattooing, I think, and maybe even with art, this would almost be the same way. When we think about it in a puerile subjective way of how we filter all these interpretations it's so much more broad and how those applications can be you know yeah and tearing that down and trying to figure out okay well there has to be room for everything but in what capacity right and so that's anyways one of the things we're trying to do right now it's uh, it's that's it's fascinating story it's and that's just rough. it's profound <laughs> That, 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 yeah, that's, 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 that's profound. I, 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 mm -hmm. I wouldn't have imagined, um, you know, that's where you were going to go with that, but that's, that's, that's incredible. I, you know, I, I have such respect for people regardless of their, their, you know, their field. If, if there's some aspect of what your passion is actually helps people that, I mean, that's, that's, that's really, we're trying I mean, to, that's, that's We're never going to make money off this yeah. stuff. And that's not the goal. Like literally like everything that we do with the tattooing, the education, everything that we do is free. Yeah. Flat out. I have not, I've monetized the website and I'm trying to do the other stuff. Like to just get advert, like, Oh, ads you're on so it, greedy. Whatever. You're so greedy. But I didn't. So like for the first, uh, the, the website that we've had is, is up now for two years, just about two years in total. In November, it'll be two years. And just last month, I was approached by like an eight-tier advertising company. They're like, we can advertise on your space. And I was like, fucking whatever. I don't want to pay for the hosting costs because it's fucking killing me. Oh, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, so. 
Well, that uh, listen, that's uh, that's the thing that it's kind of like oh, I feel dirty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, when I was when I had a private studio uh, that was you know just uh, when, after I um, graduated art school, I, I moved back to my hometown and. I always just wanted to open up a small art studio in my hometown. And if mm-hmm. people wanted to, um, you know, maybe I would give, uh, you know, I never set out to be like a, a, a teacher that, that, that was not really my, that, that wasn't my jam early on. And, yeah. uh, I, I just had, <laughs> yeah, you know, got you. <laughs> yeah. When I was going through, uh, college uh, and art school, mostly art school, like, you know, people are always at, well, how, how are you doing that? And how are you doing this? And, um, you know, I, it, it just became second nature to be painting and explaining to people what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. This is yeah. my thought process. I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, I've got, I've gotten these results, um, so forth and so on. And when I, when I moved back to Pennsylvania, I went to school in Baltimore, a great, a great, a wonderful, wonderful art school, uh, the Schuler school of fine arts in, in yeah. Baltimore. And when I moved back to Pennsylvania, I had been offered a teaching job in uh, a, a local college that I went to. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then I started getting uh, messages and emails and, uh, you know, people were getting in contact with me wondering, hey, are are you going to teach out of your studio? And I thought, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I, I could do that. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, I've been I've been teaching ever since, and I I can't imagine my I, I can't imagine my my art career now without the educational component involved. Yep. It's it, it they've it's become so like inextricably intertwined yeah. with with my creative process, and and I think knowing that hey, I'm gonna have to explain this or that to somebody. So I, I it, it it forces yep. me to really organize all the concepts that are leading to this maybe manifestation of this technique or methodology. It, yeah. it, it it has it it, allow, it it forces me. You know, I need to organize it in such a way cognitively, and to me, I think that really reinforces my own comprehension of, of these concepts. So it really is, uh, it's a selfish thing. I teach oh, because I'm very selfish. Oh, absolutely. I'm the yep. same way. No, I totally get that. It, it's weird because I always feel like until you have, and I, I, I wrote three pages of questions for you, but I don't think we're going to hit any of them, but I, I had written that like the pathway to mastery has to be through education. That's the final step yep. of everything, right? Because you may think that you know something, but until you can pass that on, to ensure that it's available for other people yeah. it's not real that is 100 subjective you got to well, test let me, your let me, hypothesis let me you, a, a big challenge <sighs> is being able to and a real test of your own comprehension of the uh, of the, the the many aspects that you're doing how many different types of people and i'm using that very loosely can you explain it so many air quotes how many types of people could you explain that to and i'll tell you something i was terrified oh yeah when i uh signed on for the ani art academy's project and i Uh I had put together you know a curriculum that was uh i felt very very strong and it it was tricky the the curriculum that you know the final curriculum because we wanted to teach to people 
a lot of these skills that would be applicable to many different yeah. types of artistic endeavor. Foundational aspects of this stuff, starting off the bottom. Extraordinarily adaptable skills, yeah. extraordinarily adaptable. This could be for, you know, uh, a, a th this type of education could be a baseline for someone that could go into tattooing, could go into concept design, can go yeah. into illustration. Landscape could, fucking design. It, it doesn't anything. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This yeah. is all about elements of visual communication, developing a lot of fine motor control, a lot yeah. of deliberate practice uh, in these, in, you know, just like to develop music, these, right? So you're, we're, <laughs> what we're doing, what our, what our curriculum is doing essentially is automatizing the lowest level components of it's, visual communication it's totally like endeavors. music you're doing you're starting with hot cross buns before you can play tchaikovsky ink master returns with a new season and new home paramount plus on september 7th beloved legendary artists and the artists fans love to hate return to the shop to battle it out facing some of the most exciting and epic challenges seen in the history of the competition all for the biggest grand prize yet two hundred fifty thousand dollars and the title of Ink Master. In the new season, host Joel Madden is joined by judges Nico Hurtado, Ami James, and Ryan Ashley, and Dave Navarro as the Master of Chaos. Watch as the artists go head-to-head -head for the champion title, facing some of the most memorable flash challenges in the show's history, amped to extreme levels they didn't think possible. They'll have to prove that they're masters of all the high-level skills that set an Ink Master apart. Composition, precision, color theory, finesse stamina and endurance the new season of ink master is streaming september 7th exclusively on paramount plus head to paramountplus.com to try it free well here's the thing <laughs> if you if you were to look around and for anybody listening look around right now in the room that you're sitting in look at anything written oh. look at any any text okay here's the challenge look at that text and try to not read it. Oh, I can do that. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, it's, for, for many people, it, it's almost, especially at the first crack at that, seemingly impossible. Squints and look. <laughs> because it has become yeah. so automatized. You know, oh, there's yeah. so much automation. Like the low, when we first start to, to learn to read, you know, we're 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 doing very low level symbol decoding. Yeah. Okay. This 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 little shape that I see, okay, Represents. this shape that I'm perceiving has like a certain equivalent of a sound, and yeah. then maybe that sound when it's strung together with something else might be a word. So so it's yeah. this, this very very systematic. If low level decoding than if than it's yeah very very low level but no. what happens is through an enormous amount of repetition an enormous amount of you know practice we get very very good at like instantly decoding where that type of low level decoding is all automated and we don't have to think about it and now years mm. later and i apologize to anyone listening to this that's illiterate <laughs> i'm very sorry but for those of us that are literate oh, fuck them no, yeah, <laughs> for those of the that required no air quotes by the way <laughs> but you know for 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 people that are literate uh, they have to put like some kind of disclaimer on there for yeah, literate people, i'll do it yeah uh you know <laughs> you don't have to think anymore about like sounding out a word or you know no. I, I grew up in, in the era of phonics so yeah. you, you sound out words and you know you don't have to do that anymore 
So what I, what my goal is, is to use that same learning dynamic in teaching someone how to use uh, certain types of representation to communicate visually yeah. and to do so with uh, initially very, very high definition you know, this is going to sound a little technical, but percept surrogacy. So you're you're creating a stimulus. You're you're creating something that is going to elicit a response from a viewer that will be similar to the visual experience that an individual might encounter with those actual objects in the real world. Yeah, that's that that that's kind of a very very wordy explanation for what we're doing. So just like with mimicry, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the terms of language, step towards mastery, of course, right? Yes. Right. So, and I'm I'm still saying uh, very very basic here, but yeah. let's say, hold on, I just wait. Somebody has to interrupt me here. Yeah, no worries, Hello, guys. Come on, my get Someone's got to take my dogs next door. Yeah, people. no worries. Come on. One of my artists here, Mike Carson. I'm going to give a shout out to Mike Carson. Mike, this is Ryan running the podcast. Mike uh, was just, uh, he's one of the artists here at the Yane Art Academy's White Chulis. He's one of the finalists in the 2022 Beautiful Bazaar Art Prize competition. Oh, this no year. shit. One oh, right on. Hey, golf one clap. Big Golf shout out on everyone hey. listening. Uh, look up Mike. We're trying to get him more active on social media. So right now we're encouraging hate mail towards him to put more <laughs> of his work on social media. Said so this guy, you're worse. Get that campaign launched. That would be great. Everyone in Boston, get on there. <laughs> so um, yeah, but like, so let's say you know, and this is something that a lot of people uh, criticize. You know, they see the type of work that we do, and they're like, "Well, you know, that's." You're just copying. Anyone could copy. And, and, and Or I'll get this one. Here's a good one. Ready ready for this one? Yeah. Hey, all the work at your school looks the same. What? <laughs> and my and the, the response, the response that I give uh, to that is, wow. yeah, and. That's fantastic. Yeah. All- uh, see, here's oh, the man. thing. Like, could you imagine someone walking into a classroom where people are learning penmanship mm-hmm. you're like hey all these letter a's look, the, look same. the same then you got yeah. a good teacher yeah absolutely uh, yes that, that's that's what we're doing we're trying to make sure everybody understands watch how i bring this conversation full circle <laughs> everyone understands the conventions yeah. of the activity we're doing we want to automatize <laughs> the lowest level conventions yeah you know, without now, here's the tricky part. And this is where I was going with all this. Uh, so people could introduce their own aesthetic preferences. See, right now, oh my god, that's the, my fucking argument, and it has been. It's so nice to hear someone else say that. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. Oh my god. Oh try, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Oh, so fucking. There's thank a lot you. of these schools right now. Uh, yeah, these, these ateliers, uh, uh, which are great, that are kind of following this French academic system, which usually involves uh, for maybe people that may be in the know listening to this, it'll usually involve uh, um, an, uh, a piece of the curriculum that's called drawing from the flat where people are drawing from uh, they're, they're copying what are, what are called barg plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these, uh, these illustrations by Charles Barg. And then from there, 
you move on to uh, cast drawing, drawing these these uh, you know uh, casts these these statues from antiquity from life. Uh, using a lot of the methodology that you've elicited from doing these these barn copies. Now, when you you know someone that is knowledgeable about the, this French academic system, if you ask them, well, why are you doing these barn copies per se, and why are you drawing these casts of antiquity? The reason that these things were included historically uh, for educational purposes uh, in in this context was so that. You not only developed your, you know, your 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 drawing skills, your observation skills, but these subjects were supposed to impart a certain aesthetic quality onto the practitioner, yeah. as though these 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 images from antiquity, these subjects from antiquity, is the pinnacle of yeah. art in some way. Now, our art education project was international. We were going to several different countries with the Ani Art Academies to open up schools. The last thing we wanted to do was walk into some area that had a completely different uh, cultural set of, uh, you know, a a different culture, a different... uh, Not colonizing their art. Yeah, a rich artistic history in their (laughs) own right. And we're supposed to walk in and say, hey... These Greek uh, artists were way better than anything you've ever Never done. Because that that so... is bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. Someone that would hold that position, hold that position. I would argue. I would. My knee jerk response is they have a very, very narrow view of what the art experience even is. That's it, and that's academic I experience nowadays too. Oh, absolutely. There's one oh, of the. What... Oh yeah, sorry. No, 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 Ryan, go ahead. So I'm, I'm blabbing way too much. No, you're good. You're good. I, so it, it rings such a one. One of my friends is an academic here in Portland, uh, and he's a member of the American Pragmatist Society. And I don't know if you ever heard of pragmatic beliefs or ethics attached to mm-hmm. that pragmatic mm-hmm. thing. So there was there was a, a specific idea in America before World War II where we were trying to develop our own ontology and philosophy to apply to things across the board. And this is where like a lot of innovation came from. And then what happened was the pragmatic movement was slowly shoved aside after World War II when we started to bring all these people from Europe back over. There are people in high positions, right? You can think of like NASA with Werner von Braun, right? Like these like rocket scientists and philosophers and thinkers and artists. And we had installed them in the highest parts of academia. When they got up there, they started to impart the same type of European mindset back down upon the people who were studying and slowly pushed the American type of like pragmatic, like this the idea that there's more than one way to do something and we should just be patient and wait has been pushed aside. And you can see it through everything. It's why like we have so many different ways of interpreting things and hearing you say that about art. Like I, I had never, I, I, I have never read or studied this much about what you just told me, of course. Right. I may have maybe heard it in passing. I doubt it, but um, hearing that was just like, it's, it, it seems so pervasive now to push that idea where, like you're not enough. We're better than you. And and to bring this full circle as well, to not add to it a shred of logical proof as to why it's the right way to do it is um, so fucking frustrating. That is that is exactly why I I, I, <laughs> I said my knee jerk response is that yeah. your your view, uh, someone that would hold that this art is just inherently better. 
Yeah. Uh, to me, that's that's it's flawed as fuck. It's <laughs> it's, it's ill defined. <laughs> it's it's just it's an amorphous, problematic statement. And you know, I get. But see, here's the thing: I have a lot of respect for the people that uh, promote. Oh yeah, that concept. That's great, and probably you know in in uh which would be in synergy with what you're talking about with this pragmatic movement where there's 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 many different ways to do something if you want to do something a certain way that does let's say you're a big fan of that aesthetic and you want to pursue it in that context that's great that it's there and the work that those people produce in my opinion is amazingly beautiful it's fantastic but it's but not the only fucking way. My theory, <laughs> rather, my position, yeah, is that I believe you could garner the same skills without the aesthetic imposition. Yeah. So that's what my curriculum was designed to do: is to cool. present exercises that have as little aesthetic influence as possible. Oh, that's. <laughs> Dude, that's that's awesome. It's translatable. And, I I I fucking appreciate that. I yeah, yeah no, that's that's well, awesome. And yeah. I, I but I was terrified still. I was terrified when we deployed this curriculum in like five countries, and I thought, well, uh, I hope there are people are going to understand, uh, you know, why we're doing certain things because, again, if you're trying to you know, remove the aesthetic, a lot of the exercises and deliberate practice is very taxing. The, if you really yeah. want to get into specific deliberate practice, it's a very taxing activity. It's not fun. And now I'm trying to make the exercises even more generic so as to not, again, impose some particular sense. aesthetic. Now, that's that's brilliant that you're from, starting to remove the ego more and more uh, well, through that that's from there from there yeah into these really really high definition which again a lot of people confuse them with photographs yeah. like the paintings and the drawings but again we're using you know we're we're, we're using a, a, a the system we might find with something like language one of the reasons and this is a very big simplification one of the reasons language is harder to learn when you're older critical periods of you know, brain development and all that jazz aside. Yeah, we're not physicalists here. (laughs) Yeah, just to kind of, yes, I acknowledge that, of course. But later on, we learn the language ass backwards later on. When, When we're young, Think about what's happening. We are hearing sounds. We're, we're perceiving a stimulus and we are, we are engaged in an activity that make some reproduction of that stimulus we're hearing these sounds and then we're making sounds and then we start to make associations your brain is just a huge association engine yeah and then all of a sudden i find if i make this sound this lady shows up with food (laughs) yeah you know what i'm making order out of entropy absolutely exactly you know no if there was something better than air quotes <laughs> that that ryan should have used that um oh, yeah, if there, yeah if there was some kind of maybe jazz hands would work yeah, there i'm work. not sure spirit yeah. sprinkles i don't fucking yeah, know spirit sprinkles. <laughs> um but mm. you know 
we, we make this sound, this lady shows up. So now we start to, okay, whenever I make this sound, this person shows up. But did you notice what happened there? In the beginning, we weren't thinking about what this sound, quote unquote, means. We haven't assigned it any meaning. No. We were strictly concerned about mimicry. We heard a stimulus. Can we make that sound again? Mm -hmm. So with our... You know, but well, well, I should say, well, later on, when mm -hmm. you take a, a language class, they're telling you this, this word this means this, means this. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, oh, okay. So, but now we're doing something very, very, uh, that, that's much more complicated. Yeah. And we're trying to do it at like several Reverse things. engineering the understanding. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. we're, we're kind of going backwards we're, we're we want the meaning, you know, and then, then we're focusing, uh, you know, a bit on mimicking the sound with the same type of precision we might instinctively do as a child. Oh, yeah. But now the reason we go right from these very genetic, uh, generic, I'm sorry, these very mm -hmm. generic exercises in our program to these really high definition drawings and paintings is because those high definition drawings and paintings are the analog of the sounds we might hear is a, it is a recreation of the stimulus itself. You've made a linear path instead of something that's circuitous. You're not having yes. to go back down in circle and try to build yes. onto that and make some type of larger ontology. You're just breaking it down and making us, that's fucking, that's brilliant. I, <laughs> I'm a brilliant guy, right? <laughs> I have been, I have been toying with that idea, but almost in the inverse, which is really interesting. Because I think that a lot of people have found a rote memorization way to almost apply stuff without theory in tattooing specifically. Yeah. Um, and trying to come back down and, and explain, maybe I'm like a, a col col uh, colonialist within tattooing now. Oh, oops. Uh, yeah. but... Maybe that's why Maybe that's why people are turning their backs. They're, <laughs> they're, they're running away to preserve their perspective. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm trying I, to do that backwards. Well, I think it's fantastic. No, it's I can see a lot of similarities here, which is really interesting. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm actually like... I'll cut this out. I'm really actually glad to meet you. It's it's weird. It's like affirming in a way because I have been met with a lot of opposition, and it's constantly like because I'm I'm as far as I know I'm the only person doing this. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to keep the momentum going, you know. But if you can see yeah. somebody who's even adjacent to what you're doing, who has literally done what you're trying to do, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's fingers crossed. You know, it's, it's an incredibly uh, motivational thing. <laughs> to, to not only meet someone else, um, and I have found with a couple of the things that, uh, you know, my my delusions of grandeur led me to believe, hey, I'm pretty smart for coming up with, the, you know, X, Y, or Z. But then I found out, hey, you know, this other person, you know, 100 years ago in this completely different field was mm -hmm. using the same strategy, which had now become the foundation for something for else. And you realize, yeah, yeah. you know, um, I, I'm in good company. Yeah. But I'm not some, you know, genius coming up with all this. And oh, yeah. later on, when I started um, seeing this this deployed all over uh, at, at these different schools, we have we have a, an academy in Anguilla, Dominican Republic, Thailand, Sri Lanka, and here in the U.S. And these these schools, they're very the, the program's very challenging. That's an interesting setup but the actually results for locale. Are out of this world. That's out of a, this world. That's really interesting. It's a, 
it, it seems awkward to me. Like if you're going to be doing something like this, especially like I did do some reading about like um, benefactor attachments of this stuff as well. Yeah. But, like you had picked a Tim space. Re- Tim Reynolds. Tim Reynolds. Like, yeah. Tim, we appreciate you. Uh- <laughs> Everyone appreciates Tim. He's, Tim. Tim is Tim is the 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 is such an incredible person. Um, it's uh, I my life is ten thousand times more fulfilling than it ever could have been uh after uh you know you know just from from this individual i mean that's that i know that's a big statement but it's it's 100 percent true but go ahead what you were going to say you were doing some reading yeah Yeah, no with with how you guys approach this i think it's really interesting because most other we'd say like like startups and we'll just do air quotes there's a lot of air quotes in this episode oh so many so (laughs) many air quotes Startups would try to stick to uh, uh, an IP that would be applicable inside of a metric that they could understand rather than taking it somewhere that's totally opposite. Like I could see this in another person's hands being opened in uh, just multiple locations across the US, Canada, right? Somewhere in Europe that was mainly English speaking. And it seems like you've taken this to a completely different cultural space. Yeah. and apply to yeah. enemy for testing your hypothesis that's brilliant because that's that's a what a know? what a great way to put that ryan uh, uh that that's 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 brilliant uh, that's jazz hands yeah that's jazz, jazz hands, hands. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, it was uh, into another cultural uh, space but back at the beginning of the conversation that's uh, what i meant by i was terrified i was terrified yeah. that you know my hypothesis was going to be not no, full of shit, you know, just, just all null. <laughs> no, no and void. I thought, well, you know, it's not going to work here. It won't work there. Or, you know, uh, this, it's going to be a problem there. But look, you know, when people ask me, what's one of the greatest takeaways that, that you've had uh, from your involvement in this, this international educational project? And I'll tell you, one of the greatest takeaways, and it, it's especially important now when we turn on the TV and, you know, we, 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 we tend to see a world that's just incredibly divided on every possible issue, you know? Um, but honestly, we're, we're the same. People are the same all over. They're the same all over. We're all the same species. And this was an incredible reaffirming experience thus far. And I expect it to continue and grow for many years, but uh, up until this point, it is amazing to see, that you know a, a person that never drew before in sri lanka and a person that never really drew before in, in a formal capacity i should yeah. say yeah, yeah, yeah. in a context like this in the united states could sit down and their performances are remarkably remarkably mirrored in each other that's it's fantastic unbelievable they have you know people will have the same questions the same responses the same frustrations just being a part of a project in which uh, such a diverse audience is connected with this shared passion has just, it's, it's been just an amazingly fulfilling part of my life. That's awesome. And I I think that's when you you think about the metal detector of ideas, when you start seeing the same things, like I know everyone's always wanting uniqueness or individuality, but when you're a teacher, an instructor, or otherwise, when you see the same results consistently, from an idea that you had being tested and I mean, across the board, that is fucking fulfilling. If somebody yeah. comes to the same conclusion before you get there every time, it means you're doing something right. Replicating doing that. something right. You're doing something right. That's applicable yeah. at, at, at a, uh, you know, a species wide level. Everyone's going to get this. Yeah. And, and the, 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 
That's so great. The other species, why I fucking that's so great. But you know, <laughs> on, on the on the other yeah. on the other end of that though is yeah, like the, to that person walking in saying, "Oh yeah, all your all your students' drawings look alike." Again, yeah, yeah. they're all trying to mimic the sound that the mother's making. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's what they're doing. That's it. And but later on, later on, like I I enjoy seeing you know, alumni's work being just wildly dissimilar. Yeah. Like it's, you know, we have some, some graduates that, you know, do this incredible, like non-objective, what a lot of people might describe as just like colloquially abstract work, but it's done with such deliberate mastery. It's, it's remarkably, remarkably attractive. And then on the other end of that spectrum, you have people doing really, really tight, high dynamic objective, you know, representationalism in some way. And that is also breathtaking. But the, but the thing that I want, the thing that I set out to do for all my students is to, is to give them the ability to be creatively free yeah and that comes from their ability to be deliberate absolutely creative freedom fuck yeah <laughs> creative freedom has nothing to do with going beyond the rules no. which again like i explained before that's just nonsensical that, that that's like you know you're you know, I, I look. I, yeah. I get people saying I want to go. I want to go beyond the rules. I want to go beyond jazz. the canvas. <laughs> I want to light some incense and eat a handful yeah. of crystals. I get it. I get it. <laughs> if that's the way you want to, you know, if that's the way you get into your art, that's that's awesome. Yeah. You know, but like for me, deliberate, pro- you know, or, or, or I'm sorry, creative freedom is about mastering convention. Yeah, and uh, let me just give some people listening. Let me just give one example uh, mm. about that. Imagine it's an example I give a lot because there's there's a lot of people that argue that oh certain types of education stifle creativity, and that that is again that's almost as dumb as the the camera capturing color uh, argument. When when someone tells me that, uh, it, it it's just it's just like it's it's cringeworthy. <laughs> I have to do the Picard face palm. <laughs> And it's like, here's here's an interesting little, Uh, little, little, you know, thought walk through. Imagine you said, and you have three kids, right, Ryan? That's correct. Yeah. So if, uh, well, congratulations on that. Nice job, buddy. Thank you. Um, (laughs) If, if you sent your child to class on the first day, you know, and then imagine they come home from class and you're like, Hey, so-and-so, how was your first day? And they're like, Oh, great. We loved it. It was, it was wonderful. Did you learn the alphabet? And they said, no, because now uh, imagine your, your, your child is this articulate. Yeah. Uh, in the interest of creativity, the teacher said we could make up our own. <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh much to your dismay you move on to well did you learn how to count did you learn you know maybe one through ten no we didn't learn you know that numeric system that ancient convention our teacher said in the interest of creativity we <laughs> could make up our own now now think about this have you uh, empowered that child to express creativity 
in a meaningful way to us. Because consider that creativity yeah. can only be expressed through convention in some way. Yeah. Like if your child never learns the conventions by which to communicate or the conventions by which to use um well, let's we'll, we'll just stay with communicate. That's pretty much yeah, going to cover right. anything. Yeah. Then how are they going to communicate creative ideas? Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't understand these basic conventions, which is going to allow, which is going to facilitate. There, there's the term. There, there's the phrase. It's going to facilitate creativity. Yep. If you don't have those conventions, you are, and this is this is this is a scientific term, ass out. <laughs> empathy can only take you so far you do need foundation for stuff yeah and communication if you, if you don't I mean, it's all, so you, know, uh, yeah. you know you you uh, uh what's that quote that gets thrown around you have to learn the rules so you can break them, break them. and that's usually attributed to pablo picasso let me tell you something there is no written record pablo picasso ever said that you uh, could snopes that shit and i think uh <laughs> i think that was like, the first meme there you yeah, go. <laughs> it was like attributed in some email to uh, 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 who was it? Gandhi, maybe it was attributed to before that. <laughs> yeah, but there's no, there's no, there's, there's no, no record proof. he ever you said. You can apply that. it to anyone, right? Charles yes. Manson yeah. probably said it, as far as we know. Yeah, you, you should say it. Should say <laughs> learn the rules mm-hmm. so you could use them. Mm-hmm. You know that that uh, now that's profound. The yep. other the other nonsense, like okay, that that. That might look cool on a poster with a sunset or something, um, but yeah, on the fucking street. Yeah, like you know, it, yeah, hang uh, in there, baby. Yeah, yeah I got the, the tiger fucking... hanging in the tree. Like, yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> or the 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 whatever kind of jungle oh, cat. Jesus, yeah, panther. I've got my eyes on you. Yeah, yeah that's fucking. Yeah, so but silly. these are the ideas, and you know, there there there. There's an article I wrote not not real long ago um that's called it's it's on my website it's it's called um a ham a caterpillar to the power of why and it is it's an article um that's uh all about <laughs> how powerful the tool of asking why is when you're faced oh. with claims about you know uh, like you the, what you're a fan of dogma <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. uh you know it's just that's at, the when easiest you're, way to bury someone if somebody makes an outlandish climb, you don't have to refute it. You don't have to contest it. Literally, just keep asking why until they walk away. Yeah, that's just the easiest to why. Or hey, why? look, we could get lucky. I could say why, and someone could say because of this. And hey, guess what? I learned something. Yep. There's a, a there's an I I believe he's an astrophysicist, Lawrence Krauss. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a big With a fan. Four horsemen. Yeah, yeah, and he he would say to a lot of his, I, I think it's his freshman classes, he would say, "Hey, um, I hope at some point in your academic career, you will come across a bit of evidence that completely destroys some long-held belief you've had." Oh, absolutely. And yep. then you will, then that experience, you will understand that will open you up to like a, a, a true learning experience. Yeah. And that's happened to me a number of times. And to the people that showed that I've been galactically wrong on something, <laughs> I am extraordinarily grateful to those people. Yeah. You know, um, 
but that's you, you know i enter i i debate a lot you know a lot of topics online and i enter these 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 um exchanges full well knowing uh knowing full well that hey look i could be completely wrong and i'm open to that and i will thank you yeah if i could walk away learning something new rather than learning a new depth to which something stupid could be (laughs) oh my gosh that's my wife so much we have a rule in our house we make claims it's got to be cited sourced (laughs) and supplied and then we get two days reference time for us to look it over before we go back she's great like this i'll say this 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 and she's a um, a microbiologist a brilliant 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 person she's way smarter than i'll ever be and i'll make a claim and she's like where's the proof (laughs) and i'll be like hang on i've got the article and she's like this is on the new york times i'm not accepting this mike look at the bottom there's a link and she's like ncbi all right i'll be right back right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, you gotta it's it's not it's usually when someone throws out something that for me is surprising yeah. surprise i'll use that's that a word, good word surprising. yeah i like that I'll, you know i'll just be like look I, i'm gonna need a citation because i i would like to go look that up and there's there's been one or two times where someone has um put something forward that legitimately supported a position i did not hold but the vast amount of times like someone will will cite something and it will be garbage <laughs> well, yeah, or, or or they misunderstood it, or yeah. you know, it's, it's they read half the fucking abstract. Yeah, that's not yeah. really. Some people like aren't really used to reading a research paper, or they might be citing a book, or you know, because this person said this, or yeah. this person said Third that. Hearsay. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. one for you. So, and I keep thinking about this going back with stuff because, like, in, in my opinion, right now, from talking with you, and like, literally, I I had written three pages of questions, and through our natural conversation, you have answered every one of them, which is fantastic. That's um, I, I'm I'm just so efficient, especially <laughs> like I said, when 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 the air quotes and, and the jazz hands come out, we're going to cover everything. Good. Yeah, we're going to cover everything. Mildly prescient at the same time as yeah. well, but so where where you came from in your in your experience in this world especially coming in as an educator from the way that you had it was so abstract in comparison to so many people that you became in like literally and and i've been called this in many stances maybe i'm projecting maybe i'm not but you were kind of like a primary source for this you became the new expert so i can only imagine so many people especially when confronted with your new ideas feeling literally the same way as you or i do nowadays because they want a source yeah and you're yeah. like, well, this is it. I'm pointing at myself. <laughs> yeah. Usually, and this this is this uh, is gonna this is gonna put forward uh something that just it, it's gonna I'm gonna put forward a pet peeve. Yeah. Um <laughs> I can be a valid source for certain things, but here's here's something that I think a lot of a, a, a lot of people need to hear. Um that a lot of artists out there will use this idea of, you know, turning to, and again, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to air quote this bitch yeah. science. <laughs> you know, uh, they're, they're looking, they're, they're, they're uh. looking to give their efforts some bona fides, or they're yeah. looking to increase the weight of their opinion in certain matters. Yes. By, by calling you know a calling back to this science or that science and presenting themselves 
as some science expert. Yeah. I I just would like to say, and this is, includes myself as well. These artists are not scientists. <laughs> you know. Oh my um, God. That's some, I, I know, oh I know God. some artists out there, uh, will, uh, sneak doctor into their, you know, they oh, may have a PhD, PhD. Yeah. in something, but yeah. not, not in the arena with which they're yeah. arguing. Yeah. You know, I had one guy, this is no shit. This is not an exaggeration. I had one guy argue with me about something for, so I can't even remember what it was. But he dropped the PhD. <laughs> he dropped the PhD bomb. The he says, well, I have a PhD. Do you have a PhD? And I was like, no, I do not have a PhD. I'm just looking to learn um, where I might be wrong here. But this guy was grossly wrong. <laughs> when this guy had, had left the conversation, I remember, I'm going to look up, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look up you know, why this guy was so adamant about dropping this PhD thing. And we were probably talking about like art or something. It had to be something like neuroscience, art related or some something, you yeah. know, and uh, his he had a degree, but his degree was in and, and not not to knock this field of study, but it just wasn't applicable. His degree was in hotel management. <laughs> And first of all, I didn't know you could, you know, I didn't know you I, could be a doctor <laughs> of hotel management. You know, oh, I don't know where, where University he had gotten, Arizona you know, where he online. was awarded this. <laughs> but yeah, there's a bunch of people that come across ITT as, you know, doctor so-and-so. Yeah. But their, their degree oh. has nothing to do with art or, no. you know, uh, yeah, anything that we're really talking about. But my point is that doesn't even necessarily mean I've met people with PhDs that were wrong about things, and oh, I absolutely, uh, I myself who do not have a PhD have been wrong about a lot of things, That's and just human. because someone has letters after their name, now that now I'm not saying you know um, that tr you should trust the word of experts all the time. Oh, yes. you know. Get vaccinated, people. <laughs> trust science. You know, yeah. trust the sciences. But because somebody that may have a PhD in chemistry uh, that may be telling you, hey, you should paint like this because yeah. it's science, it, you know, that that's nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. That's, yeah. So that, that's yeah. a big pet peeve of mine. So. You know, these you. people that that's fucking great. Um, it's it's great that people it, it actually makes the job for people like you and me harder. Yes. When people are out there trying to say, Well, I have a PhD, so my opinion on this unrelated thing in in the field that you're actually working yep. means more than you. Yep. Uh, then than your means more than your opinion. Yeah, you I've know? never I've never got that. It's like it, they're relying on people being ignorant of the fact of how academia actually works, right? Because Correct. when you get to a PhD, it's so niche. It's not like I have a PhD in chemistry. No, I or have a PhD on hotel management. Yeah. I have a PhD in chemistry with a specialty or focus in, where that focus in artificial photosynthesis. Dr. John, if you're listening, what's up? Um, 
that doesn't mean that he's going to understand anything about like i don't know particle physics or some shit right it doesn't it's not congruent so make sure yeah i i hate that i've had that happen a few times actually it's it's unfortunate because like i've heard uh, i've heard some people that like talk about their approach to color my approach to color is more scientific than yours newsflash you're not doing science okay (laughs) science is a process like not right now if your approach to color involves you being in a lab coat with a lot of machines that you know i can afford and someone has a nobel prize on the wall you may be doing science yes but if those if those things aren't happening you're not doing science no it's not an investigation you're asked questions yeah. And you try to return a null hypothesis. You're not trying to prove anything. You're trying to disprove what your hypothesis is from the You're start. You're trying to disprove the null with your alternative hypothesis. That's it. And if it yeah. comes back, whatever it comes back, it doesn't matter. The data is to be interpreted and released without any type of bias. That's science. Yeah. Uh, painting, uh, 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 paint, uh, you know, the people, the, the, the colors that they decide to put on their palette, again, not doing science. <laughs> I like how this just keeps rolling back to subjectivity at the beginning. These are the rules and conventions of things that we're going with. It's yeah, I yeah. Uh, it's it's frustrating. I I get to see it every day in tattooing, and it's it's frustrating. That's that's I honestly gotta say that's my pet peeve as well. And, and I guess in tattooing, the equivalent would be likes, followers, subscribers, right? Yep. or awards which which mean nothing anymore like I mean, you can buy subscribers any any convention that you go to nowadays especially if you go to a small regional one you can win an award like that right and so there's all these like trigger words and branding that are attached to people and how they do stuff rather than actually just like coming up and being able to not only just explain why you're doing what you're doing but also have the patience to try and help someone else understand why you're doing what you're doing let me let me ask you a question. So this is uh, again going all the way back to your what, what I find like is like a fascinating method. approach to your craft. You my know, method, that's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> your, your, your method. Air quoting again. Oh my god, so many, <laughs> so many. Uh, uh, you, if if t- too bad the video didn't air because we should definitely have an air put, quote counter. I'll put this up on the YouTube if you want. We can do that. I'll put it up at the bottom. Bing, right? Yeah. Fucking, there's air another quote, air quote. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. You shouldn't put this video up. No one wants to look at me. I, I, I think I have. I definitely have a face for radio. That's somewhere that that's like you know, the sloth from Goonies was merged with a foot. So I, I'm good. I'm good. You, you kind of do look like Mike Batusek, but yeah, before no, the makeup. Yeah, yeah no, dude. this this the, no I, no one wants this on a video. I've heard it's that fine. you have an, an imposing physicality. From yeah, I'm I'm from people. Yeah, I'm uh, um, I'm very I'm a very big man. Uh, yeah, that's um, what happens I, in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Get that dude running for was a governor or something. He's a big dude too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm six eight, and I I'm I'm six eight about two sixty. Mm. That's yeah. right. It's about the size of my uncle. Yeah, I'm 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 a big boy. Every one of my family's Norwegian. But, They're all uh, tall. I'm yeah. half Irish, so I'm short. I'm six. <laughs> I'm six one. 
everyone else is huge. I go to the family reunions. One side's all the Irish people getting drunk. The other side of the Norwegians talking about vacations. And by halfway through, the Irish people are like, you know what? I think we can fucking take those big fucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, back yeah. to what I was saying. So yeah. with, with your method, do you find that when you were saying like, oh, you know, you, you could go to a convention and win an award so easily. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is this is a two-parter, and I'm curious what people would think about this. Yeah. Um, number one, do you feel that certain people like so we 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 the quality of our work, mm-hmm. the way uh, an audience would view the quality of, of a work, whether yes. it's a tattoo or whether it's a painting. There is a consideration of provenance. Like, yes. oh, this painting was done by this really well-known person. So as though like it would it would be, I mean, you'd probably pay more money for it. Yeah. And, you know, it comes with a little bit of bragging rights, you know, yes. like, hey, look, this is- Absolutely, yeah. Let me yeah. put you on the spot here. Yeah. Do you think in certain situations that you may have seen, it's not a hypothetical asking that you may have seen Okay. That an award may have been given because of the pomp and whatnot. That oh, absolutely, yes, a hundred percent. Where if it was anonymous, they would not have won that award. One hundred percent, yes. Huh. I'd like numerous yeah. times. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean that it's that we, we you see that in 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 the fine arts, everything. Uh, you know, yeah. it's yeah. uh, oh. was it Stephen King? You did that initially, right? Because he became such a famous author as he started the nom de plume, right, and started to release books to see if he was any good. And he he was. He was yeah. just good. They sold, right? Yeah. And then somebody found out his name. There's a big what to do about it or whatever. But like that, that was the idea, right? That we used to have to to test if we were competing with ourselves. You would have to literally compete with yourself. You'd have to release something from something under a pseudonym. Do this and that and bring something up so that you could see like, is this just because of who I am perceived by the public or because of my actual technical ability? And we don't have that anymore. Yeah. You know, that's gone. Um, so this, this is just, uh, I, I want to get to the second half hmm. of that question. So Ink Master returns for an all new season on its new home, Paramount Plus. On September 7th, host Joel Madden is joined by judges Nico Hurtado, Ami James, and Ryan Ashley, and guest star Dave Navarro as the Master of Chaos. As legendary artists go head-to-head for the title, stream the new season of Ink Master September 7th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. In your case, with your particular methodology... Mm-hmm. You find uh, the diversity of your output. Then, does that make does that make placing in some type of award scenario much more difficult? Because it would seem then that the provenance, the the visible provenance, like we would say, might be uh, inherent in an obvious branding in a tattoo. If that's if that's not visible, do you feel that that hurts you in that capacity? Or rather, I shouldn't say hurt you, but put you at a disadvantage. I I guess, to be honest, like I've never tested it. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking at this. I'm trying to look at this from the outside in. Um, If uh, inside out, I would never test it because it's not my tattoo at that point in time. Right. So 
I, I would never take your, someone your, up to your philosophy deems that to be the case at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like thinking of it, if, if I were to have had a tattoo by me and I felt so inclined as to go and, and show it and, and hope to win, um, and this actually has happened twice, um, when I was reported about whatever award had been won, it wasn't mine. I refused to take it. And I've also been contacted by individuals about publishing names, doing things like that. And I've refused to sign off on having my my person published. I, I refuse to because it's not mine. It's not my problem. And it wasn't all my work, right? Without them, without their effort. And I do homework with every client. Like I'll, we have, before we even start the design process, we have 10 to 20 hours of homework that they must complete before we even get into it. Like this is their work as much as mine. And so the provenance, we could we could directly apply to both people, but in, in the world of art, specifically, there's never room for two names on a plate unless there's a mixed media of some sort that's going into it. You know well, what I mean? Th there's, there's one more thing I'd like to ask you about your, your method that, again, yeah. I find interesting that, you know, this, this may be, you know, very applicable to a lot of your listeners that are, are uh, professional tattooers. Uh, what I have found doing commission work yeah. over, over the years is that when... A lot of times when I am so fortunate as to be chosen, you know, yeah. to help realize someone's intention, uh, which kind of puts me on similar footing as yep. you. Uh, and in doing that, I find that a, a good amount of the time when people are pulling from their long-term memory, your long-term memories yeah. really incredibly imprecise it's very yeah. very amorphic you know yeah. which is why you know when you dream you dream and hey this is my grandmother's house but it's also the grocery store and the <laughs> church i went to as a kid oh Yet my it's gosh also, somehow it's a pair of shoes as well <laughs> and like this this makes perfect sense you know yeah. when, when because we just have this crazy crazy um like uh imprecise uh, you know, very amorphous long-term memory. And a lot of times when people are describing what they want, they're, they're pulling from this source yes. that's difficult to realize, you know, yep. it's, 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 it's difficult to, to kind of get through those weeds of like, imp like imprecision yep. to, to, to help realize. And, you know, you hear some people kind of dismiss this and they'll say, well, a designer might say, well, people tend to not really even know what they want. Yes. That's, I hear that you often. Know? Yeah. In the industry. So, yeah. And, and I think, you know, this, this is, is kind of a very generalized description of this, this reality of that when people are pulling from an idea, you know, and I've had some people contact me and say, Hey, I would like you to do this. And, you know, just with my experience, I'm able to say to them, I know, I know what you're trying to get at and the way you're describing this and the way you think it's going to work, that's not what it's going to look like. I could mock this up for you and explain to you. And I, and I do, I, I'm very happy to go through that process. Even yeah. if someone ends up not pursuing the commission, it's a cool exercise to show somebody say, Hey, look, this is why this wouldn't work. Yes. So you know, I understand the spirit of what you want to yeah, use the empathy of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, Absolutely. I get it. I yeah. get what you're saying, but the, 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 the manifestation of this 
is not going to be what you want based on the variables that you're putting forward right now. So now, yep, I got you. <laughs> is that with your methodology? Yeah. Is that a greater challenge for you or because of their level of participation and homework, like you put it, yeah. is your particular method perhaps more advantageous in that realm? Having a, I guess it would depend on the homework yeah, that you're of giving course. them. Everything is tailored to each person individually, of course, but there's like yeah. a rubric, a rough rubric that we go through all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Do you think you get through those weeds of what someone wants more effectively with your current philosophy? Then, oh, yeah. If, if I were to compare it to what I was doing like a decade ago, absolutely, 100%. But there's limitations to everything. Yeah. There's... A, a, I, you probably know this as well, but there's like different types of people, right? There's visually, auditorily, or like touch sensitive or acute of people and how they interpret the world is always going to be funneled through a specific type of reflex in that space, right? That's, you You might want to check the validity of that. <laughs> so we always filter it through this one, right? Let's say that you come home and you've had a rough day at work and you sit down and you're going to do X to relax. How yeah. do you do that? Do you read a book? you put on the tv and just not look at it and zone out right do you have to have somebody give you a massage because each one of those things is going to be a different type of stimulation inside of your brain is going to cause a different type of release of different type of hormones that are going to cause your body to go into a certain type of sure, state sure. right so if you think about that as a relaxing state when i'm trying to find a way for people to get over a specific comfort trying to interpret something in a different way i'll try to use some type of key or trick like that to help them just relax their brain muscles right if they're not seeing things, something, and I think I, like I had an instant image when you're asking this question about mixed perspectives. I want to have somebody underwater looking at somebody on shore, but I want to be seeing over their back, the person in the water. Yeah, and Ryan, so that's a perfect example. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Right. And, yeah. and so it's this amorphous, like you had said, right? Like, but like interpretation. In of their mind, right? it, it makes, makes sense, sense because it's, it's living in a realm of yep. imprecision. Exactly, right? So what we usually say with this is that the person is leading their idea through empathy. So rather than trying to construct an entire image in their head, which it seems like they're incapable of doing, what we try to do is get them to calm down in a specific way, right? To use the faculties that are available to their body and their feedback of how they're constructed specifically to get them to release, relax, and then come at the design from a much broader scope. What we try to do is open them up more instead of trying to funnel it down. Let's go towards the aesthetic principles of why this works for you. What point in time is this? How are we identifying this? Who are you in this? What, like, are you a bird in the sky? Are you down under the water? Like, let's try to actually build the scene before we start to populate the space. And then we just like basically reverse engineer the intro and then we build from that point forward with everything. And I'll say I've had, I'll just do the past year because it's going to take me probably too fucking long to try and mentally populate all that <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Um, in the past year, I've had two people specifically that stick out in my head that had a lot of difficulty in this sense. Um, one of them, I, I got to a point where our communication wasn't as effective as it needed to be. And I, 
I was actually using it as a bit of a, a hypothesis test where maybe I can get this to work. Even though in my gut, the first time we talked, I'm like, I don't think that this is going to work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wasted some time with that stuff. They still, I still was able to impart enough knowledge on them that they felt confident moving forward to the next person that they were going to contact to do the work that they had more control and understanding of what they wanted to get. So I felt mm -hmm. like I accomplished something in that way. The other person, it took us about nine months of work back and forth an hour every week or two talking more homework building stuff until like in my mind if somebody isn't understanding where i'm coming from it's not because they don't understand me or maybe they're wrong it's usually because i probably have had more experience or i interpret things in a very specific way that is alternative to how they do so i'm trying to make our brains meet halfway mm -hmm. so i'll spend a lot of time doing that like trying to really understand where they are and then like try to get them to understand where I am. And like that mixed perspective problem, it's, it's to try and get them to see that it's impossible. Once it's impossible and they understand that, then it's easy to move forward. But if they're visually acute of people and they have no real ability to like picture something in their mind, right? It's like somebody who, when they read a book, they can't say the words in their head they have to say it out loud. You have to be able to lead them through that space so that they can understand that that Just is Just real quick, when, when, you're, when you're reading, do you mouth words or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know several people that do that. And My it's funny, I, I, when, they're, when they're sitting and reading something, I... I you know, I, I, yeah, I could probably, I could probably, if I work at it, you know, if I couldn't see what they were reading. Yeah. 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 My son um, does that. He has no internal yeah. monologue. That would be, uh, that would be a really Anyways. cool, uh, I don't know if wherever this is posted, if there's anyone that could comment on stuff, but I, I'd be, if, if there's some feedback that people wouldn't mind giving, that's, that's something I'd be curious about how people, the process that they use for having a client realize some uh you know uh get get um get through those weeds of like the idea that yeah. they're that they're starting with you know um, yeah. i'm always i'm very interested in the different strategies that people use to help a I client show you, I, I keep meticulous notes i could take you through uh an entire like i could take you through three people specifically like right i, I, I don't even care for recording like if you wanted to see i could show you some of the stuff that we do about how to open people up and pull them back down just like that. And it's, it, I will say, I'm not saying that I've got this fucking mastered at all. This is absolutely a work in progress with stuff. Oh, we're all a work in progress. But it's, it's been, cause I'm, I'm testing it every day. I tested it 43 fucking times this week. I'm so goddamn tired, <laughs> yeah. but it's interesting because it, it relies so much on you being able to identify the individual. And I know like some of the terms I may use, maybe abstract at best, or maybe they're leaning on some other type of like foundational thing that I've just like coined yeah. myself and like bend, bending or lending off of others. But like how at least like I describe it through mine, it, it all relies on empathy because when you get to somebody who's, who's in the weeds, I found, at least in my experience, the majority of those people are always leading with a feeling of what the design should be rather than an actual visual visualization of what it should be. And this is like yeah. you had said, there's those times and spots, those amorphous points in time where they're trying to draw things in. And it's almost like you have to take them back there and be like, what's up with this? I have a guy right now, his homework is to travel to the super remote lake that he was describing from his childhood. And he 
literally i was just like find that spot that you want and take a picture because... what is that uh oh wait, what is that part um G, there's like a there's like a geocaching like uh yeah yeah yeah, 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 totally, right? to yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh yeah geocache this spot right yeah, 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 like, yeah. that sounds great i should do that i'm like yeah. that'll be great because once you get there you can put yourself back and i don't know what your experience is but you can put yourself in that spot if you can't put yourself in that spot maybe we can use some type of other sense right no, it's, smell it's, sight sound whatever it's right? amazingly fascinating it's amazingly fascinating that you, you know you're putting so much time and effort into really cultivating this this really comprehensive experience for your clients i mean that's I'm trying to you a know, lot of people I call say, me insane but that works too <laughs> well i mean yeah. you could just do the art ryan like you know how to draw like yeah i know it's not about that. Yeah, like, I just, you know, I would also just really quick, I'd like to yeah. take a minute just to give, uh, if, if I'm allowed to give a shout out on yeah, something shout out like time. this. Absolutely. Um, I would like to give a big shout out to uh, the uh, the place that did all my tattoos here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, do it. Corey Pogue at the Proxima Artist Collective uh, mm. in Kingston. And there's another artist there that's really incredible donovan white uh that, that's it's an incredible so anyone in in the in pennsylvania uh it's it's an the amazing amazing artists you know they, awesome. it's it's a beautiful beautiful place these are uh, uh very very uh skilled very very skilled technicians that work there so right uh, that's the one tattoo shout out i did want to give if, uh, <laughs> that's great yeah check them out you're yeah. outside of wilkes bar yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I technically share. I'm in Bear Creek Township, but we share the zip code with Wilkes Bear. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't know where that is. I say, well, if you've ever seen The Office, you know the the show The Office. That's <laughs> that's like 20 minutes north uh, where gotcha. that's supposed to be. So north northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah, so we're northeastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pass through. You can tell I'm not from there, but I've got a bunch of Irish in me because we call it Wicks Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Do we got you any longer? Or do you got to go? I have got to go uh, take care of my dogs. Right on. Okay, that's our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave us a review, comments, all that stuff. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your podcast player choice is. We would be very, very appreciative of it as your reviews make us rank higher. And it turns out that we're ranking in the top 50 in Austria. You go, Austria. We love you. Next week, we're going to be talking to somebody who is a philosopher, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Have you ever wondered if there's a philosophical debate as to how you should interact with your clients if you're a tattooer or if you're a tattoo client? I know it sounds interesting, but trust me, the dude I'm talking to is just one of the best people on the planet. Anyways... I hope everyone has a good weekend. If you have any comments for us or any type of questions, feel free to reach out. Leave them at twodudestalktattoos at gmail.com. And until next week, have a rock and roll time.